everyone and welcome to the latest podcast from the Herbert Smith Freehills Pensions Team. This podcast is part of our series on the Pension Schemes Act, which provides brief overviews of the key provisions in the Act and what they mean for pension scheme trustees and sponsors in practice. I'm Francesca Falsini and today I'm joined by Sam Brown, a partner and head of our pensions team. In this podcast, we're going to be looking at the range of new powers that have been given to the regulator in the Act. In our other episodes then, we'll also delve deeper into how these new powers may affect directors' duties and corporate restructuring, as well as the new funding requirements for schemes. So to begin, there's been a lot of concern expressed about the new criminal offences and civil fines contained in the Pension Schemes Act. Sam, why have these new sanctions been introduced and are people right to be concerned? Thanks, Francesca. Well, at the risk of being flippant, I think when we first saw the bill some years ago now, the criminal offences and the civil fines were spoken of colloquially as being Philip Green laws. And the reason for that is that a lot of these new powers were sought by the regulator in response to what was or was perceived as being a stream of bad behaviour by individuals as regards looking after defined benefit pension schemes. And many of you will recall the very difficult time that the pensions regulator got before the select committee when it was looking into things like the demise of BHS and Carillion. And one of TPR's responses was that it said it didn't have the right powers under the existing sanctions regime to have taken the necessary steps to stop individuals from behaving as they had been and corporates, I should say. So I think that's the background to the powers and why we have seen them introduced In terms of whether people are right to be concerned, I think if we take them seriously and the regulator exercises them judiciously, then we shouldn't be concerned. Really, what they should be doing is driving better behaviours. I think the challenge, though, is that they are widely cast. The thresholds, particularly for the criminal sanctions, are not high. And at this stage, we have no guidance as to how the pensions regulator expects to exercise those powers. So from that perspective, I think people are concerned because they're seemingly very broad and we are in the darkness as to the regime which will be operated with them. Now, of course, we can expect some clarity on that. But the second aspect which I think is causing concern is that because the powers are so widely drafted, And notwithstanding that we will have regulatory guidance as to how the regulator expects to exercise the powers, there is some concern that a lot of corporate activity, particularly restructuring and turnaround activity, which I think we can expect to see an uptick of in what is likely to be very difficult economic times coming up, that these powers will hamper some of that activity. And until we get some greater clarity as to how they will be exercised, it's going to make it very difficult for corporates and directors to take views on activities which they would otherwise think would be in the in the best interests of their companies. And it'll be difficult for advisors to advise on it. So I think there is justification for concern, but I think probably more around concern as to how they will be exercised rather than the fact of them in and of themselves. And so just building on that, what impact will these new offences and sanctions have in practice? Sure. Well, as I've said, I think that they are intended in in large part, I think, to help drive better behaviour by preventing people from taking unnecessary risks in relation to schemes. So they should drive improved behaviours. But in the shorter term, I think they're going to make it very difficult for, as I've said, directors and corporates to take views on 
particularly RTI type activities, if there could be any kind of negative impact on the pension scheme. And I think there's a risk of that stifling corporate activity, which, as I said, in the in the forthcoming economic climate is is an unwelcome side effect. I think the other risk for really for UK PLC is that given how broadly these sanctions can be imposed, and we're talking about individual directors, potentially the advisory community, although we would expect the regulator to be very prudent before exercising those powers, but also a broad net of associated companies. I think there is a real risk that at least for a period of time, they will be very off-putting to inbound investment. Um, If we think about some of the inbound investment we see from overseas private equity funds, for example, one can see the risk of those organisations saying, well, look, we don't want to touch businesses with these pension schemes with a barge pole. So I think I think there is a risk of some stifling of activity. But the way to deal with that, of course, will be for parties to seek clearance applications from the pensions regulator. So I think there will be naturally an uptick in clearance, much like we saw post-2006. And so from a practical perspective, parties are going to need to factor in the timing of that into the timetables for their activities going forward. And for our listeners, could you briefly outline what other new powers the regulator has been given? Certainly. So there are two additional contribution notice triggers. Listeners will recall that the existing contribution notice triggers are based on either an act or a series of acts which effectively prejudices the likelihood of a Section 75 debt being recovered, or secondly, which gives rise to material detriment in respect of the scheme. There are two new, much more specific CN triggers, one which is triggered on an insolvency assessment. So in short, if there's an act or a series of acts or failure to act, the effect of which is that a scheme would recover less on insolvency immediately after the action than they would have done beforehand, that can be used to trigger a CN. And similarly, there is a a new CN trigger that is based on the employer's assets, available assets. And again, that looks at a before and after test. And I think that one in particular is intended very much to capture large dividend payments, which, of course, the regulator has been accused of not looking at closely enough in the past. I personally have some question mark in my mind as to why those CN triggers are required, because we have hitherto been led to believe that the material detriment test is broad enough to capture those types of activity. But nevertheless, they are now on the statute books. The other power is just to flag TPI now has a new interview power to compel effectively oral evidence. And I think it will be very interesting to see how and if TPR exercises that power in conjunction with its Section 72 powers to compel the production of documents, which you know, we've spoken about before and in these forums, can be extremely widely cast and very difficult and time consuming to comply with. And finally, when will these new powers come into force? And more importantly, is there a risk that any of them could be used retrospectively? That's a a very good question, Francesca, because, of course, the Pension Schemes Act is itself now law, but the regulator's powers didn't come into force automatically on the Act receiving royal assent. They need to be brought into force separately. We're expecting them to take effect this summer or slightly before. And, of course, before they come into force, we are expecting to see pensions regulator guidance 
and I trust draft guidance on how the regulator will exercise those powers. In terms of whether they will be retrospective, that again has been an issue which has been concerning the industry considerably. But I believe we've now had a written ministerial statement to the effect that the powers won't be capable of retrospective use. Great. Thank you, Sam. And thank you all for listening. We hope you find these episodes useful. All episodes in this series will be available on our regulatory hub as well as on our pensions blog. And of course, if you want to join us for any other episodes, you can subscribe via the Herbert Smith Freehills channel on Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud.